0: When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Map Action show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet, it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us, as we began to navigate the waters, is the answer to every single one of these questions. Questions, excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100 free. Yeah, free, and it's ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcasts right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay. It's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just su- simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest in your podcast. You got to do it remote anchors, easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple, and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up, everybody? This is the next episode of the Wedgecast. I'm hanging out with Eric Arnold. He is the CEO of Planswell. He is a guy who walks through life with a chip on his shoulder, saying, "You know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna power through and we're gonna make it happen." He started a bunch of businesses. He's been involved at the ground level and seen businesses grow. And currently, is running an awesome company um, in the Toronto, Canada. And uh, he is just a phenomenal guy. And One of the things that I like about him is his content that he puts out on LinkedIn is all like real time, what founders go through, what owners go through, what business people starting a business go through. And I think it's just a breath of fresh air to have somebody who's really honest with the struggles. So check this episode out. Well, Eric, thanks a ton for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Eric, so I have been following your progress on LinkedIn quite a bit and for quite some time. And I love hearing your stories because it's raw, it's authentic. It's showing the struggles, uh, talking about, you know, being married and, and, you know, building a business and balancing a family. And yet all of a sudden starting to grow a really, really awesome company. And so I was just very, very excited to have you on the show. And I feel like you're, you're going to bring a lot of value and, and I'm excited about this. So if you're willing, can you just dive into your background a little bit?
1: Sure, I uh, grew up in a kind of middle-class family in a suburb north of the city of Toronto, um, and uh, didn't really like school. Didn't really get along with my teachers or anybody in authority, and so started to look for other things to focus on. And uh, uh, when I was ten, I was knocking on doors selling coupon booklets for the local newspaper, and um, never really uh, stopped selling. I Ended up uh, had a, had a window cleaning company with twenty uh, students on on ladders cleaning like residential windows for a couple of years uh, in school. Um, I was also uh, for a while getting big uh, tractor trails tractor trailers full of electronics delivered from like big box stores in the states um, of of return return merchandise that we were selling on eBay. Uh, and I had a chain of loose leaf tea stores in uh, shopping malls at some point. <laughs> this this is all when I was supposed to be going to university, but. That as those uh, as the t store came to an end, I I started getting into the online space and and creating um, kind of more digital companies, uh, focused on more highly scaled uh, user acquisition, digital marketing type stuff, and working with other people's companies as well. And ended up starting like eight different tech startups and helping some some big companies scale around the world, like Groupon and a lot of those daily deal companies in 2010, 2011. Um, and then uh, 2011, my wife wanted to do her masters of teaching. She wanted to move down to the city uh, in Toronto, um, and so I needed to get kind of like a real job. So I started at uh, uh, CIBC Woodgundy. It was uh, it's like it used to be a Merrill Lynch office? I was an investment advisor uh, dealing with high net worth clients, and uh, and I did that for a couple of years. And um, I was just fascinated by how it took like a month to onboard a client, uh, and and you could only get about 300 clients in your life, and so it was. Kind trying to combine what I was learning there with with my knowledge of, of digital marketing and, and user acquisition and saying like, why can't we get 300 clients in a day or in an hour um, to, you know, to build an inf- entire financial plan and, and implement that plan. And um, that led me to start plans well back in early 2016. Um, so today we have about 56 employees here in Toronto or about three years into it, just launched, started serving clients last year. We've done over 200,000 financial plans now. Uh, in Canada, and uh, we're just about to launch in eleven new countries in the next few months.
0: That's amazing. So I want to I want to touch base uh, on the early parts of your story. So this sort of uh, lack of authority slash entrepreneurial hustle. Where do you feel like that that sparked? And do you have like a moment where it's like, yeah, I uh, I've got this kind of hustle attitude, and I love I, I love that. Where Where did that Where did that begin?
1: Um. I always I had an issue with authority I have I've always had an issue with feeling disrespected I don't I, like you know I could sit back and talk to like a therapist about this for for days probably <laughs> like I, I was bullied a lot in school um, my teachers didn't really seem to like me and uh, so I, I guess I kind of developed a, a bit of a chip on my shoulder like pretty early on um, trying to kind of prove my worth and and you know prove people uh, are wrong about me basically and you know show them that I can do things that are, you know, better than they can do or, or whatever. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to be in the typical, like, academic route. I couldn't really sit still long enough or focus long enough um, on anything repetitive. So um, it just kind of forced me into, you know, getting into business. And that combined with, like, my family was, like, middle class. Like, by no means did I come from, like, poverty. Uh, you know, very, very privileged to grow up in, in the suburbs and have my own bedroom and, and all that stuff. But um, finances were definitely – uh, a question mark. Um, and, you know, like there would be times making my lunch for school on a Wednesday and, uh, you know, you dig into the back of the cupboard to find a, like a flat can of club soda and like, that's your lunch. And, and that was because, you know, payday was on Thursday. And like my parents were, you know, didn't really openly talk about this that much, but you kind of figure out what's going on. So I, I had this like need to, you know, Maslow's lowest level of hierarchy of needs of like, you know, food and shelter. Like that was something that um, well, well, you know, I'm sure people would have stories that were much more severe and much, you know, more intense than that, like, it was still a top of mind issue for me was was having financial security. Um, and So that led me down the path of like, needing to have a job and like other, you know, kids would go on these trips and do all these things. And like, I would too, because I had a job and I made more money than all my friends. Um, but that was important to me.
0: Yeah, I love that. So you have worked with scaling companies. You have worked, uh, sounds like occasional sprints of a steady job. And then you've also started your own different companies. Have you found a sweet spot in those different demographics that you enjoy the most? or you feel like you add the most value?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's been an interesting run. Like I've known, Uh, my whole life, I still believe that, you know, whether, even if plans well, doesn't work out, like no matter what happens, I'm going to run a massively successful company. Like, yeah, I have this kind of like deep belief and I've known this since like before high school. Um, and so like nothing like in my mind, like nothing can stop me from doing that. And that's led me down a path of trying out like a dozen different companies, uh, you know, eight or so formed to the point that there was revenue coming in and, um, in between those companies, like each one of them would end basically because I would run out of money. like none of them were were funded i, uh, I never took on like investors or anything. It was only my own money that I was, I was losing or or my business partner's money. uh Scott, it was with me for most of these uh, the tech the tech ones at least um, and uh in between each one, like I'd have to go make money right so like I, I have it all, a whole, I've done a whole bunch of jobs as well, which usually didn't work out very well because of some sort of person above me on the org chart. Uh, who didn't really like me, and it's, it's, I sound like an unlikable guy listening to myself tell this story. Like, I have a lot of friends; people like me. Like, it's like, you know, I'm, 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 yeah, I get along with people, but for some reason, I have this thing about authority, and uh, and I and I honestly do believe, even though I'm the common denominator, and all of the stories where I had jobs, and the you know, the person above me was a bit of a, a prick, but I do believe that maybe it's just my defense mechanisms that they they were like mistreating me out of like jealousy. Like, I'd always tell myself, you know, they they're, they're threatened by me. And, um, that's why they're treating me this way. They don't want me to succeed because like, I would just, I, I'm better than them. I would just take their job. Um, and to, you know, whether that's true or not, like that's, well, that's what I would tell myself. And that, that's what would help me just kind of run right past it and get on to the next thing without, you know, being uh, too, too bummed out by it. But it was the same thing when like kids would bully me in school. Like, you just got to tell yourself, like, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. It's completely their problem. <laughs> like yeah, it's not a very <laughs> introspective stance, but like, but it helps you get through.
0: So So do you feel like, um, have you run into somebody like you who has a similar attitude like that, like as an employee?
1: That's a good question. Um, Because I would love to hear,
0: uh, I would love to hear how you would handle you in an office
1: setting. You know, I've come across one or two people like that, where that, like that entrepreneurial mindset that like the big confidence, like they know they're going to do it Um, in, in interviews at our company, they've reached out and they wanted to work with us. And um, usually in the interview, if I can identify that this person is at an in-between phase where I've been many times where, you know, they just need to get a job uh, because they're in between the startup and they're going to start their next startup like in six months, but they need to make some money. Um, Obviously that's not somebody that you want to hire at your company. Like no one should have ever hired me um for, for, for these jobs but so I, I don't hire those people so I don't get to know them long enough uh, I'll tell them right in the interview uh that we're not going to hire them we don't hire entrepreneurs in between uh, startups like we hire people that could see themselves working here for their entire career um but uh but I enjoy I enjoy chatting with people for sure and building relationships I've I've mentored a few entrepreneurs at uh you know a few different startups in Toronto um but yeah I don't I don't I don't know who I would say I actually like really deeply relate to uh, as being like the same as me. Um Yeah. That's, that's been part of the issue. I think now, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I'm in therapy right now. This is, this is deep, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, this is fine. I mean, that's
0: for one, I mean, entrepreneurship is a lonely road and in order to do it, you have to be slightly crazy, no offense, but you kind of mm-hmm. have to be. And I I can certainly resonate with that because you have to think in a way that nobody initially is going to agree with and actually for the most part people won't agree with until it proves its point and then you're already on to the next thing and so you never actually look a lot of people eye to eye and have them say i agree with what you're doing or i support you or i feel like you're on the right path you actually get like you either get people who don't have a clue of what you're doing and they just want to support you as a person, or you have people who it's sort of the, I told you so" moment, but you never actually get that moment and you've already moved on. And so I, it's, it's a lonely road for sure. So I, I can, I can resonate with that completely.
1: Yeah. It's interesting how you say that. Like you have to be a little bit crazy. Like I, I remember in the earlier days in between some of the earlier startups when I'd get all the, you know, people that do actually care about me, but they come to me and they you know, give me all this career advice and tell me how I should go get this job or that job. And I'd be like, no, like you, you don't get it. Like I'm going to run a massive company. Like I know, I know I have nothing right now and I just lost everything, And I'm not, <laughs> but I swear this is what's going to happen. But like that, that, that concept of like, you know, people say like, you got to be crazy to do this. Um, they're saying that because like, it seems like the odds are are quite against you, but like, look at how many people play the lottery um like the, the chance what are the chances of winning the lottery i don't know there's just you're just not going to win like that's that's what the odds are <laughs> like like you look at people talking about businesses and they that's that, that stat always resonates with me people always say you know 90 percent of businesses fail i don't know what the actual stat is, but that's that's what people always say and uh and I, and I and i've always found that curious that people are saying that to mean that like there's a big chance of failure and therefore you shouldn't do it but i always took that to mean like there's a there's a like if because if you own a business like you know means that like you're gonna become a millionaire and all this kind of stuff. It's like there's a one in ten chance that if I start a business, I'm going to become a multimillionaire. That is better than the lottery, like infinitely. Like yeah, exactly. I, I used to tell people when I was on startup number five, six, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> we used to say like, look, like if the stats are nine out of ten businesses fail, and I'm you know probably considerably below average uh, in pretty much every region, I probably have to start 20 companies. Um, and <laughs> that's not that hard. Like you do like one a year, like you're gonna, you're gonna get there eventually. This is not yeah, actually a You're on, company, a you're on company
0: number 19 right now. So you're about to hit a home run. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so,
0: so what would you say today, knowing what you know? So, so I want to add to that. The 99% of businesses that fail, that's also thinking of it as like very black and white. It's only successful if you make multi-millions or it's a failure if you don't. But what I think I know and I feel like you know and I feel like the select people who choose to the learning curve and the people you meet and just the doors that open up from choosing to start a business are invaluable, far worth any of the money you're actually going to make. And so that to me is what kind of helps me sleep well at night is knowing that even if my venture or the next venture or the next venture totally flops the educational process you're going to learn along the way I think is where the value is personally I don't know if that's mm-hmm. something you agree on or not but
1: that's where I see a lot of a lot of that it, Yeah it's a it's a total misalignment with with what you really want to be chasing like you don't you don't want to be right very often like it's not a it's not a beneficial thing for your life to be right when you're right, all your, like when something, when you win or you like, you're just confirming that you already knew that. Like you didn't, that means you didn't learn anything. Like all of the learning happens in the times that you get it wrong and the times that you fail. Um, and all of your memories, which is entirely what makes up who you are, um, are formed, uh, in, in the more extreme, uh, situations and extreme emotions and extreme environments. Um, so like, really, if you're trying to become, uh, you know, a quote, success, which is not a thing. Like the whole, all, all of life is just this this journey that you're on. There is no end point. Um, the, the things you should be chasing are the like somewhat painful, like challenging experiences um, so that you can actually learn what you're capable of and, and you know, learn uh, and, get, and get to the next level. So are we allowed to ask
0: tough questions? Yeah. All right. So uh, this kind of just, came to me as you were saying that so your personal path is the entrepreneurial the hustle the risk taker the learning curve and yet your business currently is spent on financial planning steadiness smart decision making how do those two things play together
1: that's a it's a it's a great point right um i uh i don't actually follow uh, a financial plan. I'll, I'll come out and say that I <laughs> I don't make enough money right now uh, to to for for that to uh, that's not the right way of saying it because we we make plans for people that have no cash flow at all. Um, what am I saying here? I'm all in on one company. That is not something that we recommend people do. Uh, if you look at the the wealthiest people in the world, all of them did it on a single stock. Right. So I'm all in on on plans all stock we're not out there telling people how to be entrepreneurs. I am uh, personally like <laughs> through mentorship and whatnot, but uh, not nothing to do with plans. Well, um, what, what society really needs um, because not everybody's going to go and try and start 20 companies and not everyone is trying to become a, uh, you know, a leader of, of, of a hundred person company. Um, what people really do need is to know how to maintain their lifestyle. Like it's, it's important for me. Like I'm okay to have a, a bit of a takeoff of the company and have that fail and go back to, basically nothing um but what what is your nothing what is your baseline um like for me that's i still need the same house like i've got i've got four kids now and and a wife who is off uh work uh, with the kids full-time like they need to be fed they need like they need to be able to you know sleep in the same bed um that's my baseline I, i can't go below that so i actually do have a plan to make sure that that's can be achieved i have i have rental properties now uh with uh with enough income that actually covers that. And like I, I, put, I had to put myself in a place where I could take those big risks and uh, and have that that baseline kind of protected. And so um, Planswell makes it possible for people to have that baseline protected, uh, to have the right insurance policies in place, to have the right savings and investments in place um, and the right debt management and mortgages and whatnot in place so that your, your baseline lifestyle that you need to have, um, that you have right now can be maintained in the future, you know, when you're not working, you know, particularly, uh, or when you're putting your kids through school, or if you can't work because of something unfortunate happening. Um, and so beyond that, I encourage everyone to, you know, go go nuts and, and try and shoot for the moon. Um, like people come in all the time, and they say, well, I'm, you know, trading my own stocks, I got the pot stocks and the Bitcoin or whatever they're doing. And, uh, and, and we're like, you know, that's, that's great, good for you. Um, you know, if, if you're getting engaged in the stock markets or you're getting engaged in some kind of business venture, like, like do that. I recommend people do that. I I, I say, you know, take, take the minimum of what you need to be putting away to maintain your lifestyle, build a plan with us, uh, and, and do that. But then the rest of it, like, you know, keep, keep investing at yourself if, if that's going to, you know, keep you engaged. I think it's good for people to be you know in touch with, with their finances.
0: Yeah. I love that. So, um, what would you say? so this is jumping back kind of to the whole having a chip on your shoulder as an entrepreneur, a hustler. So nobody ever actually arrives at whatever they think they need to arrive at. At least that's my opinion. But, uh, is there, is there a checkbox of something for Eric that he needs to do to feel like, yep, you, you've, you've made it. You've kind of, that chip on your shoulder is now, you know, checked off for, for yourself? Or is it something that you just want to constantly be pounding and say, I want to keep adding value, keep building businesses and keep rolling that as long as I can. I mean, is there, is there a a checkbox that you need to reach or maybe you've already done it?
1: No, there's no checkbox. It's, it's like, uh, like, I guess some runners would say, you know, like maybe it's the Boston marathon or whatever it is that they want to do. And and maybe they run for, for years or decades and maybe they just train for like a few months. I don't know. Uh, and they go and they run it. And, uh, and they get to the finish line and they're like, great. I ran the Boston marathon. Like I'm, I'm done running. I'm going to go sit on the couch for the rest of my life and just eat Cheetos. Like maybe that happens, but like for most people, they just keep running. Um, and whether Do you want to hear how
0: much of a psychopath I am on that? I've run one marathon in my life and it was on a treadmill because it was a bet. And I never need to run a marathon again.
1: (laughs) So, so, so it's a metaphor, Matt. I don't run either, but try try and keep up here. Yeah, shut up and let me do the talking. (laughs) You know, whatever it is, like, it's, it's about challenging yourself. Uh, For me, it's about like, how, how much can I do with my mind? I have this resource and I have this ability to think creatively and, and logically. And I have this ability to, you know, inspire people to do things and to make themselves better and, like, if I put that to work, if I can create value for other people, that that value can be measured. It can be measured in, you know, how big of a team I'm building, and it can be measured in revenue and the value of a company. It can be measured in how many clients we're serving. There's lots of ways to measure it. Um, the question is, how, how big can I can I get it? Like, that that's that, that's really it. And there's no, like, it's not how big can I get it by the time I'm 40 and then I'm done. And it's like, it's like I'm just going to keep going. And we're going to keep serving as many people as I can. It makes me feel good to know that i'm creating value for others like we get amazing testimonials we get amazing google reviews like you huge books people write about their experience with us and and uh, and you get follow-up stories with clients like it, it's really like makes you feel good when you're helping other people um and so really it's just a, a challenge to myself of, of how much i can do sometimes you set little proximal goals little mini challenges to see if i can get somewhere by a certain time but Um, but really I I can't imagine ever, ever being like, "Eh, I'm done. I'm done helping people like screw it. I'm just gonna, I'm done. (laughs) Like I, I can't imagine that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what is it that gets you, I guess on that, like the most fired up. And I guess the home run of a question I always ask is, you know, what is it that for you the most gets you out of bed in the morning?
1: Um, I think it's changed over time. Like before it was in, it was the pursuit of, uh, of like a quick win like oh it's funny like you you know trying to be an overnight success like i spent like 20 years trying to get rich quick <laughs> like, um and so you know when, when you're when i was on my own and you know working out of my own like office like home office type thing in my underwear or whatever and i was looking for the next campaign or the next uh you know good conversion metric on whatever business i was working on um i was always just you know motivated like you look at I guess I would kind of benchmark against other companies, like we were building a platform for people who could teach private lessons in person, for example um you know the idea that you know you could monetize your car with Uber, you could monetize your spare bedroom with airbnb you could monetize your mind uh your skills uh everybody has something that they're particularly good at or better than most um and they they could teach other people that skill, so you can monetize your your knowledge. Uh, so we built this platform and it looked a lot like airbnb except you could post like a lesson that you could teach in person one-on-one um and we had like thousands of of people joining and posting lessons and people taking lessons on how to speak with a british accent and how to make bath bombs and like it was all over all over the world actually um and uh you know i'll spare the story of why why it didn't work out there's always the post-mortem story with the um you know why the search engine you know stopped serving your stuff and blah 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 but Um, During that time, for example, like I'd be benchmarking against Airbnb's early growth, so I'd just pick the absolute best company with the most similar uh, kind of aspect of of user acquisition or whatever it is, and and I'd benchmark against that. And at the time, Airbnb was spending like $150 of ad spend to get one person to host, like one host to put up a a spare bedroom, and they were spending like 50 bucks uh, of ad spend to get one person to book their first room um with Airbnb. And so those were kind of my metrics in my mind. And I was like, look, then the next metric was how many hosts do they have on their platform? And my idea was that if I could get the same number of, of people teaching lessons as Airbnb has hosts, the rest will all kind of fall into place. And and I was like super proud, like I'd figured out I'd get people to post lessons for less than two dollars in ad spend and like I had all these like wicked metrics that I would, you know, tell myself for, you know, basically we're gonna be better than Airbnb. Um you, know, you learn things along the way. That that, that business didn't didn't uh Work out the way that uh, we had hoped at one point, but I remember getting up in the morning and being like, "Okay, I'm going to try a new thing. I'm going to get new people marketing in a different way and test out this new tactic, looking for these kind of quick wins." Um, today, it's it's more it's more team focused. Like I'm not I'm not just running a business with uh, with Scott off and you know Calgary at his at his real job and you know him working in the evenings on the technology side and me me kind of running marketing and uh, and design and uh, uh, you know on my own. I, I have a team of 56 people now that that work uh you know with, with me and um I have now four kids and a wife and so I have a lot of people that kind of look at me and you know judge me probably and like, like I have to I have to play the part I have to I have to show up I have to you know be engaged and and uh you know inspirational and leading people and I need to be effective there's a lot of things that I need to be for for these other people and and that's it feels good. Like when I feel like I'm being those things and, and when I'm not, I, you know, it gives me more pressure and more encouragement to, um, to, to up my game. So, um, so yeah, I think that's what gets me out of bed in the morning now is, is like a big part of it is, you know, setting an example for my kids as they grow. Like I, my oldest will be turning five in August for them. Um, so it's important for me like that, that they see somebody that they can look up to and respect and, um, who's also there for them. And then, um, coming into the office. It's like, you know, what's, what's it like in the office? What are my one-on-ones going to be like? Uh, what are the partnerships meetings going to be like? What do the investors think of what's going on? And um, it can be heavy at times, like when things are not going well, like it all kind of, it all, it all stops with me and that that can add a lot of pressure in my home life as well. But um, yeah, it's super, super motivating. Yeah. I love that. Uh, la- last question I have is um, the
0: 20 year old, uh, well, I'm making an assumption. I'm assuming you're over 20, but the 20 year old Eric, what,
1: what would you tell him today? Um, I get that question sometimes. Um, I, I would say like, it's a hard one, like really, like probably nothing. Like I my in my will. I, I don't plan to really give my kids anything. Like like, like, everything will, everything will go into like a trust fund and, and, give them a little bit of privilege around like, you know, assisting them with buying a house and, you know, going through school and healthcare and stuff like this. But um, I'm a big fan of figuring it out on your own um, and trying and failing. Like I think, you know, a lot of people would take that question and think, well, what's, what was one of the biggest pain points that I felt, uh, you know, between 20 and now um, and how could I prevent that by giving myself, like tipping myself off? Like I wouldn't do it. (laughs) I'd force myself to go through that again. Like when I take my kids to the park at the playground, sometimes in my mind I think I hope they get hurt like, is that is that weird <laughs> yeah, like I'm like in my mind, I'm like, I don't want them to die I don't want them to be permanently disabled but like if they fell and broke their arm today like that w- this would be a memorable day forever and they would learn a lot about how to, how to use the playground equipment yeah
0: so, the lessons learned by scraping your knee and figuring out okay I'm not going to do that again
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we let our kids we let her like two-year-old or she was like one and a half she's like climbing to the top of the play structure and parents are horrified asking whose kid is it, and we're just like it's our kid like it's your problem like, leave her alone
0: <laughs> <laughs> love that well eric thank you so much for being a guest on the show this is awesome um i guess is there anything else you want to leave the audience with or any any uh final snippets of wisdom
1: uh, i don't know just uh just keep going and uh yeah read a lot of books I've been I've been reading a ton of books in the last few years and I find like if you can get into the habit like it's a habit thing like you're not just going to randomly pick up a book but I started walking to work it's about 35 minutes each way and uh and I listen to audiobooks when I do it and uh and, and I'm learning so much and getting so much wisdom and inspiration um audible I'll give a big shout out to audible but uh yeah that's it
0: love it well thanks a ton thanks for being on the show thanks Matt